Indigenous knowledge systems have formed the basis of First Nations cultures around the world for millennia. And here in Australia, we are, of course, home to the world's oldest living culture. Often passed down through oral traditions, our stories demonstrate a deep understanding of the world we live in, how it works and how we relate to it. These stories cover a number of areas known today as science, including astronomy, mathematics and biology. Tonight we're exploring how these ancient concepts are being applied in a modern context complementary to Western knowledge systems and how an innovative education program is inspiring a new generation of First Nations scientists. Professor Chris Matthews is a Quandamook man who earned a PhD in applied mathematics from Griffith University and is the chair of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Mathematics Alliance, ATSIMA, that aims to transform mathematics education for First Nations students. He works at transforming the science curriculum at all levels to include First Nations knowledges. Chris is also the Associate Dean Indigenous Leadership and Engagement in the Science Faculty at the University of Technology, Sydney. So Chris, welcome to Speaking Out. It's great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, before we get a bit more into your work and your research, can we find out a bit about you, and I wonder if you can tell us where you grew up and what shaped your understanding of who you are and your values. Well, I, I'm actually from the Kwanamuka people of Mindurabar or Stradbroke Island just off the coast of Brisbane here, but I actually grew up away from my community up in a place called Toowoomba. My uh, mother's family is, is from Stradbroke and uh, my grandfather moved to Toowoomba on the uh, Ballyhesson Hospital, so we, we we have strong connection with hospitals with our family. I mean, I think because our community too had uh, benevolent asylums and, 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 and things like that, there was a strong uh, medical history when um, colonisation happened on Stradbroke. So we're sort of connected through that. But even traditionally, though, um, there's connections between Toowoomba and, and the island as well. For me, Toowoomba is an interesting place because it's um, quite conservative and really conservative in its views. And I suppose what really sort of shaped who I am and, and, the, and the values that I hold, also the passion that I hold too, was from those experiences. I, I, I went to school up there and a lot of the time I was the only Aboriginal kid within that class, in that school, and, you know, I was pretty much a target for other kids, but also, unfortunately, um, t- t- teachers as well. So I never really had any positive role models from that, from that regard, but knew what uh, racism was like how that that affected me through my life. Interestingly, though, when you know when you actually think about as a child growing up with this around you, and that's you know started when I was fairly young, you do build resilience, but you also build um, strategies to sort of protect yourself as well. So my the way I actually ended up protecting myself was getting heavily involved in computing. Like I, I could actually hide within in the computer itself. So so I went to uh, high school in the 80s and finished in 87. So it was a sort of period when um, computers started to come up. Something you'd buy for your home, you know, you could buy them at that stage. Like the uh, Commodore 64, people who remember them. Yes, um, yes, I, I hate to say yes because <laughs> I'm showing my age, but yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, I, so I actually, you know, put my energy in learning how to program at that time. And at that time, I got the interest in uh, the, the intersection between mathematics and computing, which is, you know, might be a bit odd. But what I often put it down to was that um, as a kid, I had always had a strong in- interest in science fiction, you know. So 
Star Trek and Star Wars was always a big feature for me. And I think in a lot of ways, Star Trek was one of those sort of, you know, it projected itself as a positive future, you know, this nice utopia was going on within within Star Trek, uh, but also strongly connected with Spock, I think, because um, Spock was still experiencing the racism, if you like, within Star Trek, and, and but also dealing with it in his own way. And I, I think, you know, I had that, that sort of, it's weird to say, but I think Spock was a bit of a role model for me. I think that's what got me into computing and to think about technology and things like that. Well, it's um, interesting to hear you say that, and I'm not surprised because actually there's a lot of very interesting race politics in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, I believe so, you know. You know, when you've got the uh, African-American woman who's a, who's a telephone, people ask the telephone, <laughs> and you've got the captain who's the, who's the macho American playboy, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff playing off in Star Trek. Yeah. Especially in the newer ones where they have different, the different alien races give rise to different race politics as well. So there's, there's it might, there actually are a lot of black fellas who do like Star Trek. Yeah, yes, of course, yeah. But you are the first one who I've heard say that Dr. Spock <laughs> was a role model, and, and I was interested in that because, of course, so many people have the same negative experiences at school that you did, especially in that era where it was still incredibly common to have teachers who who didn't see the capacity of Indigenous children. There was a lot of deficit thinking around and a lot of racism in the playground and the classroom. And was there anyone else who became a, a bit of an inspiration or a role model for you, given, you know, you've said that there, there weren't many around you in the school environment? Yeah, well, I think that's why I hooked on to a fictional character in some sense because, um, you know, in that realm of education, you know, like I've always had family to look to and, you know, mm. family supported me. We always went back to Stravrock on, so I've always had a strong connection to place there and my Aboriginality was strong, all that sort of stuff. And, that, and I got that from my family, so that's for me is a very positive thing, um, which I've passed on to my kids as well. But in terms of that future thinking and education and what it might mean to do science and mathematics, you know, there wasn't anybody in particular that was a strong role model for me. And I always felt like, you know, you're, you're on your own, you know, and I suppose in some sense as a child growing up, the only way I could look towards was these other characters that were sitting on the, on the screen. Um, and I think that's why I hooked onto them, I think. And like them, you've gone to explore brave new frontiers, particularly, you know, uh, you were the first Aboriginal person I'd ever met who had got a PhD in mathematics. And I guess one of the things I was interested to ask you about was, you know, we we certainly weren't encouraged to do science and maths when we were younger. You know, obviously it wasn't a pathway often seen for us as, as Aboriginal kids. I often tell the story I was taken out of economics and put into home economics by teachers at my school as a reflection of what those times were like. And yet you chose it as a profession and having had such, you know, such difficult experiences in the classroom have become, you know, a really uh, influential educator. What led you to think that this was actually what you were going to do as a profession? Well, I think it was more, um, I knew I wanted to get out of Toowoomba. I knew I wanted to have a different experience. I, I knew that I was good at mathematics and computing. So the obvious attraction to get into someone like university was to do, to continue with that on that pathway. So that's that's pretty much, I just continued on the pathway I've, I've set out for myself. I didn't, didn't sort of intentionally say I'm going to be a, a mathematician or an academic or anything like that. But I knew my pathway out of Toowoomba and to, to some other direction or some way you know, better uh, was was to follow this line and see where it took me. And I suppose within that, you know, also I've developed that passion too 
you know, if I learn this stuff, you know, how can that benefit myself, but also my own community and all Aboriginal and other other Aboriginal people within in Australia as well. You know, where, where will this really ultimately take take me? Because I remember in in a in a you know a year twelve sort of career interview. One of the questions asked me, what do you really want to do? And my response was, I really want to benefit my own people, you know, because I've experienced the worst of it, you know, and, and there's, you know, in order to do something that would contribute to, towards that, you know. So with that, I went into university not really knowing where it was going to take me. Um, and I even had a lot of people around me asking me, what the hell are you doing maths for, you know, because people <laughs> were going into things like, you know, becoming a lawyer because, you know, because there was need for, for lawyers, there's need for doctors, there was a need for teachers, for example. But why a mathematician? I said, just all I could answer is like, this is what I do. This is what I know. You know, I, I like it. You know, <laughs> at that point in time. There's two things about that that I I really love. One is really basically what you were saying was you followed your passion, and I think that's such great advice for people. And the second mm. thing is it's really consistent, no matter what that passion is. I see this in you know so many students having worked in higher education myself for longer than it's polite to say that you know there's so many of of our people that are really motivated with their education to improve the community, and I really see that in your work. And I have to say, I've never thought of myself as somebody who's very good with maths and I feel very intimidated by them but there was something I saw you say that really transformed how I felt about it and made me see the world really differently and it's the way that you described that mathematics is in us as people and it's all around us in nature and I just helped, thought that that helped me see the world really differently in a way I understood and I was wondering if you could share that philosophy with us. Yeah look I think it's important to sort of recognise too that at university and even a bit beyond that, as I started my career as a research mathematician, I really Im- immersed myself in what it means to be a ma- mathematician and, and in particular a computer modeler. So that was my career for a while there. So I was really dealing with what, what you know, in the maths world they call problems. They all love to problemize everything, these problems. And the one I was working on was about protecting groundwater and stuff like that. So I felt like the work I was doing was benefiting communities like mine on on the, on the island that was was you know did have um, sand mining and where there was waterways that that potentially could be could be polluted from waste. So there was a benefit for thinking about this for me and also potentially the community I come from and other communities. So I saw that as a good thing, you know, like a country type type application of mathematics. And as I sort of worked through this community, it actually become more obvious that. Really, the maths we're doing was benefiting more the industries around us. So, you know, I could actually detect groundwater in a way from what I was doing, uh, invent a way of doing that. But then if I did do that, then that could be uh, justification for more exploitation, if you know what I mean. So the industry was about exploiting environments. So there was a sort of a struggle of values there for me, if that makes sense. And and at the same time, it was actually Ailey Morton Robertson who gave me a paper about marry mathematics and that was the first time I started thinking well what does that mean you know, what does Aboriginal mathematics mean you know does this really exist because I was really heavily entrenched within the maths world if you know what I mean um, and, and the way they thought about things you know so so that one paper sort of started switching my mind to thinking well what does it mean for us so what what it, it's taken me a while but I, I, I went back into my community to do my first maths education project I actually shifted a bit to um, QUT at that time. I worked with a bloke called Tom Cooper, Professor, Professor Tom Cooper, through the Yumi Deadly Maths Project. 
and um, we started to do some mass education directly for Aboriginal kids. And I wanted to do one for my, in my own community. And the thing that I set myself is, you know, how can I teach something like algebra, but value Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, their culture, language, and things like this? You know, how can we value ourselves and feel like you as an Aboriginal student are evade within the education, but also teach something like algebra? So that then started this sort of thought process about, well, what is a cultural underpinning of mathematics? What are we really looking at here? What is maths, in a sense? So I had to think through that process. And I suppose for me, when I thought through that process, maths really is grounded in the world that we live in. That's like, you know, because it is about a knowledge system. So we've got this grounding within, within the world we live in. As people, we interpret that and we create stuff to represent that. And we do that in many, many different ways, you know, through language, through art, through song, through story, all these ways that we actually create meaning for what's what, for the world around us and to understand that for ourselves in some form. And maths is no different to that. So maths is really, for me, you know, the creation of all these symbols that are put together to really tell a story. Um, but each of those symbols are, and, and you know, each of, the, each of the symbolism is actually connected to the world around us. So it's, it's part of us because we create it, but it's also part of the world around us. And the idea, too, within the education I do is that if we really understand the conceptual underpinnings of what the symbols are telling us and, and why they're put together in the way they are, then we also can teach students to reflect on what that means and means for them. And to me, that would breathe more life into learning of mathematics because they, they, historically what, the way that we, we learn mathematics for the school system is very much a disconnected form of knowledge where you just got to learn it because it's good for you, you know. And, and a lot of the stuff students will say is, why am I learning this? I'm never ever going to use this ever again. This is useless. All that sort of stuff because it is about disconnection at this point in time. So what I'm trying to do is to build that connection back with people and the way they see the world. That's such a inspiring story, and I love that um, Aileen Morton Robinson's a part of that. Distinguished Professor Aileen Morton Robinson's had a little hand in a lot of careers, I think, by giving people a nudge in a particular direction. But I think it's really great to, you know, un, uh, underscore the fact that actually within your own discipline, you know, you actually have done some incredibly important work. And if people wanted to dive into some of that, I'd recommend they had a look at some of the materials of yours that are on your website. At at, um, UTS if they want to read a little bit of some of these really interesting areas that you've dived into. I just want to talk a little bit more about how you engage young people with uh, mathematics because I think it speaks to the challenges of getting young First Nations people interested in STEM subjects, which of course is science, technology, engineering and maths. And, you know, I don't want to structure that in a deficit model because I think the way that you approach it is really proactive. So can you talk a bit about the sorts of exercises you have uh, young people do to get them to see the world differently as you've just described it? Yeah, look, I, th I think there's a lot of room within mathematics and um, particularly through Aboriginal educators to really get them to understand the sophistication of our people. Because we often, need, you know, through this colonisation process, through the notion of uh, terra nullius, the land belonged to no one. I think a lot of people, we still suffer from this view that we are primitive, simplistic people. And you see that through different forms, through, 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 the, through the media and so forth. But I think even for our kids, we don't really clearly get that message, you know, because a lot of our families are living in communities. They're, you know, sometimes they're surviving day by day, you know, and it's not necessarily a conversation around the, around the dinner table. But, you know, I think there's room to really reinforce that, you know. 
Um, I think too, you know, uh, one thing you, you can probably get from my story is that I've really had a uh, Western education. I did when when I went back from Toowoomba to Stradbroke as a kid, there was there was a form of Aboriginal education there, which you don't even realise you're getting a lot of a lot of the time. But when we reflect on it, you think, oh yeah, they were teaching me that, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But I, in some respects, I, you know, you you find yourself sort of pulled into this Western education system and it's quite all-consuming. And then what I find myself doing at this point in my life is to really go back and think about, well, you know, what, you know, who are our people and and how can I learn more about our people and knowledge systems and things like that. Um, you know, and I, and I think what's helped me too is I've, I've been in many, many different communities, but in particular, I want to... Um, um, talk about Yedakala in, in Arnhem Land. So I had the privilege of working with them um, and I want to recognise my aunties. So Kathy McMahon, you know, Mirti Ganambar, um, Bumpoy Whitehead and also Yana Yenapinya. So I just wanted to recognise those people out there who's been patient with me and teaching with me and we share, share ideas together, which has been fantastic. And even going to that community, for me, because we, um, I don't know if you feel the same thing, but a lot of the times... The system tells us that we're different from people in these first language speaking communities, or we're, you know, we're urban kids, they're rural kids, you know, they're remote kids. Um, and I think for me, I really needed to experience is this narrative really true? Or is it just one of those ways of dividing us up? You know, <laughs> you know I took time to, to be part of, of that community and, and talking with those people and hearing what they have to say. And, and the important part of that community too was that they've had the two-way education up there since the 80s. And one of the first, I will say that Amanda Wiggin-Opinu, he, he was the first Yungon principal up there. And, and he set up that notion that he really wants Yungon kids to be grounded within Yungon knowledge, language and so forth, but also know or in, know about the Western education system. So he actually started looking at the relationships between not knowledge system. One thing that he said in the, in the 80s was that mathematics is one of the strong connections between Yungle knowledge and Western knowledge. And I, that was, for me, was one of the reasons I wanted to go there to, to understand what, what was meant by that. Really, he was sort of talking about was that he saw the kinship system, which they call um, Gurtu up there, mm-hmm. is one of those sort of forms of mathematics. And if you if you've ever seen that sort of kinship system drawn down, they are very complex. And the reason they're complex is because the philosophy of our people, and this is all people across Australia, I believe, is that we built personal kinship with the environmental system around us. So if you're going to do that, then what you're going to do is create quite a complex, you know, societal or kinship system that connects people. It's not just connecting people together, it's connecting people to country and to animals, plants, stars, sky, all that stuff. And to me, that really blows your mind because it's almost like a living mathematical model. Within that understanding, there's so much mathematical thinking, so much mathematical thinking, and so much we can draw on, you know. Even the fact that kinship systems are all based on cycles, you know, and I'll keep on saying we're the only people who put ourselves on a cycle. And so it wasn't just linear, you know, going up to grandparents, great-grandparents. It was actually on a cycle. So it actually cycles back all the time. And when you think about that in connection to the world around us, the whole world works in cycles. And this is part of this mapping, I believe, to that, to that system. And that construct becomes very strongly important and understandable. So, we, so a child who's actually thinking through the kingship system actually has to think about how he's related through 
interconnecting cycles of people, which is really, really interesting. And, and when you start getting introduced to the system, it's quite a complex way of thinking. But you have children growing up with this type of thinking, which I call, which I will refer to as a systems thinking from a very early age. And that's really fundamentally important for math, science, or any STEM career. So for me, there's a lot to offer from our sophistication of our people, not to override it with maths or the science, but to value it and build the connections between that and educating it in mathematics. So to sort of answer what you're trying to get at is what activities that we do with kids. Um, you know, I have done kingship type activities in, with permission with, with from, uh, from uh, my aunties up there, Yudhikala, to use um, the Yongle kingship system and to show other kids, you know. And I said, even though this doesn't belong to your community, you know, it, it belongs up there at Yudhikala. But I say that we used to have these sorts of systems all over Australia, you know. And I get them to think about what that system means. And, and then once you start looking at the cycles, you then can actually teach something like um, a sine function. But it's all done through the lens of Aboriginal kinship systems and what it means to actually be on a cycle and how, you know, things like the moon works and how, why we get tides the way we get tides and, and, and all this sort of stuff. I feel poor for the fact of having run out of time with you and I feel like we could just be talking for so much longer. I had heaps more questions, so you have to promise me, Professor Chris Matthews, that you'll come back another time and we can keep talking about your really interesting work. Yeah, no, God, I do want to come back and have a yarn with you because I think there's a lot more to talk to. <laughs> I feel like that too. I feel like we're just scraping the surface, which is great because it just shows how, how much more there is to explore in these knowledge systems. But thank you so much for being such a great role model in this space for us all, for you know helping us see mathematics in a really different cultural lens and engaging us with it, and for joining us on Speaking Out this evening. Thank you very much and look forward to the next time. Chris Matthews is the Associate Dean, Indigenous Leadership and Engagement in the Science Faculty at the University of Technology, Sydney.